Hi, just before we kick this episode off, I just want to let you know this episode was recorded back on the 15th of December. Um, we've had a f- bit of content come out since then. Uh, if you go back on the What Do You Want to Watch feed, you'll see that we have a spoiler-free review discussion of the first five episodes of The Witcher on Netflix. Uh, we also did a spoiler discussion of the season of Watchmen that just finished on Monday. Uh, and if you head over to Alderaan Explosion, you'll see uh, our big spoiler discussion of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, me, Dylan, and Kieran have a long three-hour-plus discussion about that movie also all of our best of 2019 tv content is up at explosionnetwork.com all the links will be in the show notes so enjoy the show and keep listening i guess come and dream with me Hello and welcome to What Do You Want to Watch, the Explosion Network's premier media podcast. Every fortnight we get together to talk about movies, TV and online content and help you answer the question, how many Home Alone movies has there been? It's five. Not just the two that everybody knows, there's five Home Alone movies. Keep up, people. Three's the only one that counts. Isn't though? Uh, I'm your host, Ashley Hobley. Joining me this episode, Nicholas Pryor. I'm also your host, Ashley Hobley. No, he's not. And... Still and Blight is also here. Why do I get? Oh, of course, Still and Blight's also here. Because you're, all, it feels like you're always here. I'm not always here. I've actually taken a couple of these. Episodes. Not this year. Anyway, hi, hello, hello. <laughs> not this year. Uh, yes, everybody's here. We're going to be talking about what's in history this episode. We're going to be talking about our top ten TV shows of 2019, and we'll be talking about the movie that we ended up watching, which this week is The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, but first, let's jump into things we've been watching. Uh, Dylan, I saw that you went out and saw the Christmas se- movie of the season, Black Christmas. Oh, yeah. I was like, did I watch a Christmas movie? But then, yeah, right, Black Christmas. Um, third time's a charm, I think, unless I've missed a... I think this is the second time they've remade this movie. <clears throat> that was like an early 2000s one. This one is a lot different than the Source material one, I guess, and the original remake. It's like taking it into a very... Early, very heavy-handed um, go at, like, the sorority culture, I guess, and, like, put a very, like, I guess, feminist swing on it. So it's, like, the girls getting back at the guys because the guys, like, sorority culture is the the backbone to what leads to these murders kind of happening around this uh, campus. In the original one, it was just like, there's a killer on the loose, you know, like very atypical. And it's also Christmas time. The movie's called Black Christmas. It was it was very like typical uh, 70s slasher. So this one has a little bit more... Political nuance. commentary. Yeah, political commentary, I guess, to its back, backing to it, which I liked. Um, it is very heavy-handed, though, and there is one particular actor playing one one bad guy in it who is very 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 heavy-handed with his delivery of <laughs> some lines like i am the evil bad guy type thing and it, it gets very close to being quite ridiculous uh but w- when it gets down to the last 20 minutes i was like oh whatever i don't really care this action's like pretty good the 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 kills that was happening were pretty good the uh the tensest moments of the movie were uh, well paced out. There wasn't like an overuse of music or anything like that. So it's actually a very quiet music uh, movie. There's barely any music used for it. And it's just like, okay, people are dying now and whatever else. Um, not, didn't blow my socks off. Definitely not like a 
change all horror movie, but I appreciated trying to do something different, I guess, and like put a put a spin and actually try and say something, I guess. Um, I've already seen, of course, everyone's like giving it one stars online and saying, what, ruining horror movies, damn, SJW horror, you know, like all, all this sort of stuff. So it's getting like downvoted on lots of user rating places, which I guess I'm going to say that's a win for the movie because it's kind of just trying to piss off those bro culture type dudes by making the movie so if it's pissing them off it's winning but yeah i, I enjoyed it i think i uh i'd give it like a seven 6.5 to a seven probably so it's it's okay uh so i am like an hour removed out of coming out of a advanced screening of jojo rabbit um the latest film from yep. taika watiti um in which he plays a fictionary fiction imaginary friend version of adolf hitler uh, also starring uh, Roman Griffin Davis, Thomason McKenzie, Rock Mark, uh, Sam Rockwell, and uh, Scarlett Johansson. This is a really fun movie. I had a really good time. Um, it's very sweet. It's a nice coming of age kind of film where young Roman Griffin Davis is playing Jojo, a young boy. It's kind of indoctrinated into the uh, Hitler youth. It's... Um, He's, he's very into that Nazism, and uh, he finds out that his mother's been secretly, like, housing a uh, Jew in their house, um, which, you know, is very bad. And uh, these kids are all taught to believe Jews are these mythical, fantastical creatures that do have horns and wings and eat blood and have mind control powers and stuff. So, yeah, it's a fun story of him learning that maybe that isn't correct and that kind of thing. Um I think I, I, it's probably, it's, it, obviously it could be a bit difficult for people who have ties to Germany and uh, the Jewish people of that time, who obviously involved in the Holocaust and that kind of thing, because Nazism and Hitler and everything is so forefronted of this, um, especially the opening credits for the film are pretty much just like parades of people holding up like old footage of people like celebrating Hitler's arrival at different places and they're all holding up swastikas and shit and you're like to set to uh the Beatles let me hold your hand sung in German because that that's the kind of movie this is but um yeah I I don't know how people who are maybe more connected to that part of history will react to the film but I had a good time I think it I think it's a fun satire on the whole Nazism and that sort of thing. It feels very much like a Hogan's Heroes interpretation of the Nazis to make them out look like fools and idiots and that kind of thing. So, uh, if you're okay with that, check out Joe Joe Rabbit when it comes out on Boxing Day. Yeah, it's a really good time. What a post Christmas movie. What what a Christmas yeah. movie. Yeah. All right. So another film that I saw recently in the cinema, Parasite by Bong Joon Ho. The uh, drama comedy thriller that's been doing the rounds is up for best uh he's got him an act uh, directing nom at the golden globes it's been talked about is on tons of lists for the best one of the best films of the year i can see why it is an amazing film uh it's pretty much about a family in south korea who are uh, con their way into getting jobs for this more wealthy family they like they kind of it's it's like a a heist kind of like a heist movie except they're trying to get jobs because you know that's the more difficult thing to do like get the ultimate heist yeah the ultimate heist the ultimate screw job getting in full-time employment 
Um, but yeah, as as they start to succeed, things happen and uh, things take a turn for the worse. Uh, so yeah, I don't want to say too much more than that about the plot because it's it's kind of something you need to experience. Yeah, you shouldn't because I've been looking forward to it all fucking year and it's yeah. not out anywhere near me and I've dodged... Compl- I barely know anything about the plot and I've purposely not watched any trailers. <laughs> yeah, so I just gave you a oh, basic, much, very yeah. little. It is uh, very amusing and then it gets... It is it is the most exciting ride that I've had in a film in, in a cinema this year, uh, I think. Yeah. It was a good director. Just an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> So yeah, uh, definitely check out Parasite if it's still playing near you. I think the cinema that I went to had been playing it for twenty four weeks straight. So, uh, you know, <sighs> I think and, 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 and when I went to see Jojo Rabbit, that cinema was still playing was playing at least one screening of Parasite. So, you know, got to put in the work. Otherwise, I think what do we say? February sometime it's coming out in uh, DVD. And Blu-ray. I've been checking JB Hi-Fi's website like weekly at this point, and every time it's just like coming soon. I'm like, it's when? When is soon? Yeah, so it's Christmas. Yeah, it's yeah, waiting for exactly. that Oscar Best of the Year, uh, like Best Picture, <laughs> so they can put it on the box. But yeah, Parasite definitely worth seeing when it, you can, as soon as you can. Yeah, thanks. Uh, all right. Uh, Nick, you watched a movie, I'm assuming on Amazon Prime, The Report, starring Adam Driver. I did. What's The Report about? Uh, it's about the Senate investigation into CT, no, not CTEs, uh, EITs, Enhanced Interrogation Techniques, which is what the CIA basically called torture, which which they did to... I think it was over a hundred and something people following nine eleven up to two thousand and something. But yeah, it's, it's basically the story of this guy Daniel Jones and his what I think it was six year investigation into the CIA and all that, and basically getting railroaded, but every which way trying to stop the report coming out. Um, it's very well acted. Um, it's quite depressing to see how the people treated, and not only that, the lengths that governmental organisations would go to to cover up their past wrongdoings and stuff like that. Um, I think it's one of my favourite movies of the year, and like if you have access to Amazon Prime, I definitely suggest watching it. Uh, so, Nick, both you and me have watched the final season of uh, Silicon Valley. Um, yep. which just wrapped up recently. What do you think of the final season? How do you feel about it wrapping up? Um, I thought the ending to the last season would have been the perfect ending, but I was quite happy to see the characters again, but it just seemed to go a bit more into the surreal this season, I think, like a bit too like high future tech kind of stuff it's kind of weird how they progress the story but i guess it was a fine wrap up to the whole seven seasons and i i found i saw a lot of people say that the season ending and the season finale was quite jarring but i thought it was quite a serviceable way to end the show that basically that they i don't really want to spoil it but the I don't know, it just seems fitting for the characters to end up where they were. 
in the end. Yeah, especially for this show, which has been a show that's constantly been uh, throw them under the bus. One step forward, two steps back. Yeah, one step forward, two steps back. Uh, I felt that was like a very fitting finale. I did enjoy this final season. Um, uh, Yeah, I can understand to a certain extent they've they've got that futuristic tech, which it it was always a futuristic tech to start off with. The, The idea of this compression system that is way better than any other compression system that we could possibly have was always kind of far, a little bit far-fetched and crazy but um yeah i enjoyed it there's everybody kind of gets their moments and ch- chances to shine i feel this season um but yeah i i enjoyed it i, I especially enjoyed the what happened with Hooli and how that that finally concluded uh, as well which i yeah. thought was kind of a, a nice end to that uh part of the story so yeah uh, still on TV, me and Dylan watched the first three parts of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, if you want our full thoughts on it, you can go check out the previous uh, discussion episode that we've got on the feed. Uh, but Dylan, do you want to just give your quick thoughts on Crisis on Infinite Earths? I stopped watching Arrow and Flash a couple of years ago. I don't watch Batwoman, don't watch Supergirl anymore. I don't watch any of these shows, but I dived in because it looked like a big TV event that I wanted to be a part of. And I'm I enjoyed it. I'm enjoying it. I'm definitely going to watch the the next two parts. I've I've had a few things where I was like, I don't know what this is, don't know what this is. But for the most part, I th- I feel like if you're like this looks like a fun time, and I like DC comic book characters, then I'll I'll just dive in. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like it's probably mm, might be the strongest of the crossovers so far. Uh, initially, I was going watching it. I was like, oh, I don't know how Dylan's going to feel. It's like some of the action is not that great and. There's there's a bit a fair bit of melodrama in a bit of it, but yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, so as long as you've got like a basic understanding of DC history and maybe like watch a recap kind of thing, you'll be good to dive in. But yeah, they left it on a note that has got me very keen to see the final two parts in January. So why we have to wait that long is beyond me. But uh, <laughs> ratings, that's why. But yeah, crisis. Uh, Dylan, you also watched uh, One Day at Disney, the new series by on disney plus about the goings-on of disney employees within disney's employee um did you watch the full documentary or did you just have you just been watching the shorts yeah no so they've got a one-hour documentary out i don't know if you call it a movie or the first episode but then after that now they're dropping these five minute mini things now which like the first one that was out was just kind of an extended version of already what was in the movies i don't know if that's what they're all going to be for the first couple no the second one is about like a scuba diver or something so that wasn't in them okay so that's completely different than what was in the movie yeah yeah but the first one was about an animated dude who was in the actual movie so or episode or whatever we're calling it but no it's 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 only an hour so i think it's it's good and it's kind of just like this little taste tester of the different areas of what disney owns now so it's like oh, here's this person who works at the Animal Kingdom theme park and let's look at some animals and, like, talk to them and why they got to that and why they decided to work there. Uh, let's talk at this person who helped build Galaxy's Edge and, like, how they got to that job. Let's talk to someone over at the Disney publishing side and um, see how they go about their day. Uh, we'll talk to Bob Iger for two seconds in between all these. We'll talk to, uh, I can't remember her name, but, like, the co-host of Good Morning America and how she got that job and how she goes about that it's it's just like little insights into all the different departments inside 
the Disney ecosystem, which is obviously quite huge these days. Oh, they talked to like one of the like um, concept artist illustrators on over at Marvel who helps like design all the costumes and these sorts of things for the Marvel movies and stuff. So it just includes a little bit of everything. And because each one's like 10 minutes tops, I guess, like it's just like, okay, a little insight here and then we're on, you're, you're off onto a new person somewhere else and then you're off to somewhere else. So I enjoyed it. It's good. Yeah, I thought it was a good insight into the world of Disney and just all the different kind of roles that they have within the company. There's a train person. There's a, there's, like you said, there's a morning show host. Um, all different facets of the, the company that you can get. But we're going to get a glimpse of over the next year or something. I think they've got a book out as well. Well, they're going to put a book out um, to in conjunction. So I feel like this is going to maybe fill the void of the Imagining series kind of coming to an end which was a great series <laughs> not not like in in small snippets but early, you know it's something i also saw that you two have been catching up on a few different things you missed so far this year nick you went out and watched knives out what did you think i quite enjoyed it um it was different it's not really what i was expecting i liked that i guess it was what were you expecting i don't know i i, I guess <laughs> I expected it to be more straightforward, maybe. But no, I you shouldn't have, because you was here last episode when me and Ash strictly said it was nothing like what we expected it to be. <laughs> and you're like, it wasn't what I was expecting. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not surprising. Um, yeah, no, I quite enjoyed it. I don't think it's going to be my favourite movie of the year, but it's it was quite an enjoyable ride. It was fun to see um, all the characters interacting. I mean... I guess the who done it was quite obviously the person who did it, but just the way that um, the, the story was told was quite intriguing. Um, it was just fun to see. I guess the star-studded cast acting, interacting with each other, especially Daniel Craig playing that kind of character. I really enjoyed. I suspect foul play. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought it was quite um, good how they introduced the character as well. Where he was just like there sitting in the, in the back, back when they're interviewing people. Playing the piano. Yeah. Ding, ding. Yeah, no, I quite enjoyed it. Definitely worth a watch. Cool. Uh, Dylan, I saw that you watched The Favourite uh, from earlier this year. Yeah, finally got around to it. Um, well, it's really good. Late last year. Yeah. Well, it's ba- let's, let's be real. It's basically this year. I mean, anything after Christmas is basically January. <laughs> I believe on. it came out. Come for, on it came out here in January, so... No, it? It was, I, I looked it was, up before. It said like twenty sixth, twenty first, or something. If December. December. Yeah. Okay. This year it came out when I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's um, no, this it was, year when I see it. Yeah. That's, um, no, it was, it was it was really good. Um, it was. Uh, I don't think you've watched one of his movies before. Yeah, old Yog Yugmoth. Have you say his name? No, Have I've you watched one watched of his favorite. movies? Yeah. 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 So I went into it and it was nothing like I was expecting because usually because it's like, not crazy. <laughs> Like, it's. I think it's because it's based on a true story, other than the fact. Well, I mean, like the real people, but they're like the whole was the queen into women. That's like something that's kind of a fairy tale that they're obviously turning into the main plot of the the story. But like other movies of his that I like, like The Lobster, I'm a big fan of. That movie's very out there. <laughs> so I think this is like obviously based a bit more in reality but no the, the performance is really really good um it's funny it's twisted 
Um, the dark humor of it all very much worked for me. I laughed out loud a couple times because I was just like, it's just the dialogue and the way that actors all like interact with one another that makes it all work. I really like the way he shot it as well. Like a lot of these, um, it's not shot like a period piece, even though obviously it is. Like he uses a lot of interesting camera angles and like these really wide lenses in the corner of rooms at times to so you can see everything that's happening in the room and so on and so forth and all the costumes are really cool obviously production was really great um probably a bit too long i probably could have is my only thing i feel like it just moves really really fast for a period and then it kind of hits like a bump and on its way to the finish line considering how fast the movie comes out of the gate and it's like duh, 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 like you know witty witty dialogue and all this sort of stuff happening but um no it's really really great performances and i can i'm happy that um what's her face one for it uh, olivia the, coleman, olivia olivia coleman, coleman. The, yeah yeah the queen she's great in it yeah the queen one yeah because she's great as she a depressed is. queen yeah she's pretty good uh and then nick you also watched it chapter two uh yep. how, how did you feel about that um mixed feelings like i enjoyed the wrapping up the story but i felt like i guess for me there was just a severe over alliance on cgi and you could tell it was cgi and it just really took me out of the experience worse than the first movie yeah it was it was quite bad like I mean, quite a few of the things they could have done, I guess, um, live action, but um, I don't know, yeah. It, very, I guess, n- not so much disappointing, but kind of like, I guess, oh, I guess disappointing is the word, compared to how well they did the first part. Mm. Yeah. My, now that you've seen it, this, this is my thing with it, because the first one, obviously... I think works a lot better because it's solely just like here are the kids here's the kids yeah. side blah 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 the second movie they're like okay well now we're going to start doing this flashback stuff like how the book works yeah which made me just be like I really wish that this movie was still two parts but from part one it was always starting the with the adults and flashing back to the kids and they just yep. did it that way from the get go because you come into part two and it's just very like okay this is what we're doing now you know it's just weird I don't yeah. I mean, well, I wasn't the biggest fan of it, yeah. Yeah, no, it's definitely not going to be on my top for the year. I mean, I guess it was fine. Okay. Uh, well, now I guess we're going to move into the mandatory Netflix segment. We're going to be talking about the big Oscar contender for the year, Marriage Story, which dropped on Netflix, directed by Noel Bombach, starring Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. We've all watched it. Nick, what did you think of Marriage Story as the only married person here? <laughs> it was very, very uncomfortable to watch. It's one of the most. It's one of the movies that has hit home for me quite more than any other that I can remember. Um, it certainly made me reevaluate certain things in my marriage. I guess um, it's incredibly well acted, directed, shot. Um, this is so very emotional to watch as well. Um, yeah, I, I I won't say I had a good time watching this movie, but it was a very very good movie. Did you watch it with Stacey? No, I watched it alone. Okay, <laughs> would you? Want, she she thinks the movie looks to? stupid. <laughs> 
Are you glad you did? I don't know. It, <laughs> no, no, not, not that glad that I didn't, but I don't think she... she she's not a avid moviegoer, so I don't think yeah. she would have given the attention it needed or deserved. Yeah. Uh, Dylan, I believe you're very high on this film. <laughs> yeah, so I watched it the morning it dropped, because as was last episode... I said how much I was looking forward to it, and it was very, very good. I, I ten out of ten. I think it's easily top three movies of the year for me. I, th- I think I saw most of it through memes before the movie, anyway. Yeah, I'm so glad I missed that. I'm so that's honestly, I was going to bring that up. So I watched the movie that morning. I'm like fucking safe, and then for, as soon as I start, like I go to work later that day, and it like hits the afternoon. I guess after some people start watching it, and I'm just, I was getting sick of it. That seen that one fucking fight scene posted every time, everywhere, every, all these other things. Oh my god, Jesus Christ! <sighs> Watch things ASAP if you can, people. That's the the moral of the story. But um, it would have ruined it for me, I think, honestly. But uh, performances are amazing. Scarlett and um, Adam Driver thought she could act. I believe she can act because I've seen her act. But she just these days is like, well, you know. Whatever, like Lost in Translation or uh, all, all these other things back Ghost in the day. Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're both really, really great. I thought the the script was obviously great. Uh, a lot of the other bit actors, quite good. I think it's quite funny at times when it needs to be. Um, you know, there's like one time where... I mean, it's not really a big spoiler because obviously the whole movie is about getting a divorce, but there's one time where Adam Driver's character is like talking to his lawyer at the time and his lawyer's like, if I was your lawyer and then Adam Driver's character just goes, <laughs> you are my fucking lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, oh, I want to say how much of a treat it was to see Alan Alda act again. Oh, he's so been good. been stuff ages. Yeah. Did he retire? Really well, well, just like... It's the first thing I've seen him in quite a while. Anyway. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen him pop up for eight, uh, I, th- I was more surprised by Wallace Shawn. That was that was a trip. Who? Wallace Shawn, you know, from Princess Bride. He was only in a bit for he? a bit. He was, oh, he was one of the older actors actor. in the theatre company. Yeah. All oh, right. The person I was going to point out was Ray Liotta, and he's yeah, he was quite good too. Well, he's he's good, but what the? I was like the nose job, the recent nose job. I honestly did not realize it was him until the end of the movie. Really? <laughs> no. Did not recognize him. Wow. Did not recognize him full stop. And I was like, wow, that was a really great performance. Did not realize it was Ray Liotta until the credits was like, that's like Ray Liotta. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was in there. Wow. I was ready to go look up who it was because I was like, that guy was great. The, especially the one scene. Um, no, it, it, really great movie. I will say that um, I think the movies obviously go. I don't think you need to be married for the movie to like hit a chord of you. I just think you have to have been someone who's like, in any sort of long-term relationship, it'll uh, hit chords for you, I guess, is the way I will say, because, you know, it all boils down to the same thing at the end of the day. Um, I guess that could be a turn-off for some point, but also, I think the reason I like the movie so much is I don't feel like it has, like, a hero and bad guy, and I appreciated no. that. It's a very like, human story, I think. Yeah, it's, it's not... I think I would have got really annoyed if at the end of the day I felt like... Oh, that was like, oh, she was the bad guy. He was the bad guy. Blah, 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 blah. And I don't think it's like a huge spoiler to say Mm. that the movie paints them sort of just the reality of life and relationships sometimes, which is characters in some ways. And then in others, they're not. Yeah. Yes. It gives you a little bit of They both treat each other like shit. Yeah. At times. Yeah. 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 
they're both I they're not exactly neither of those characters are people I'd be like great examples of people you know like there's no, it was definitely not a healthy relationship <laughs> no so and I think that's what makes it interesting it's as as much as it's about divorce I guess it's just more a movie about the modern day relationship I guess you know because everyone's selling it as a divorce movie but I think it's more mo- I no. think it's more a love story than people get it, give it credit I, for I, I think especially with the way it began and the way it ended like the very beginning the very ending really showed that these two people really cared for each other at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the whole, it's a divorce movie is a weird way to describe it to me. Cause I don't feel, I didn't walk away from the movie being like, that's a divorce movie. I I think it's more accurate to say it's a relationship movie. Yeah. It's a relationship movie. And uh, I don't think it's a negative one, but given the way it ends, I think obviously it has a lot of intense scenes and can definitely hit chords for people. But I think at the end of the day, it's not like a, oh, this will make you never want to get into relationships. Like, this will ruin love story movies for you. Like, that sort of thing. I actually think I really liked the ending. I thought it was yeah. bittersweet and whatever else. There's one scene right before the ending that's the best of the movie, I think. So, um, yeah, well, when, when, you're t- when you're together with someone for that amount of time of your life, it's it you become entwined with a piece of each other and it's just very difficult breaking away and changing to... I guess separate. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really enjoyed this as well. So, just say that I thought acting across the board pretty impressive. Again, the two leads are really good. I enjoyed Laura Dern as well, who is another person who's had a really good run of films lately. Um, but yeah, I, I, again, and TV, Big Little Lies. Yeah, yeah. I she, saying that she was very similar to a character in that. I found in Big Little Lies, yeah, it's a yeah. similar character. Instead of, but in, in this, she's a lawyer, and then that, she's a... Yeah, CEO house, or whatever. CEO, yeah, but either way, she's just doing a lot of yelling at people. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, it's an interesting look at a relationship, because I guess when you have a child, you're never... Like they say in the 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 movie, they're, they're like going to be stuck together forever. <laughs> Seeing that they've got that, they're, they're going to constantly be in each other's lives no matter what, so... Um, which is kind of the modern day marriage, I guess, for a lot of people. It's given so much divorce and that kind of thing, I think people, even if you do get divorced, you're still kind of married to the other person to a certain degree. Um, but yeah, marriage story. Don't, the other thing I want to bring up is that quickly go over again how everyone was posting that fucking the like the key the- anger match scene. I the one thing that was doing my head in, and this is just I want to use this as an example for movies and in general. So many people I saw posting that and saying this is bad acting and like oh look at them overacting and all these sorts of things. This is why I get so annoyed when stuff like key moments and key like emotional scenes get posted online out of context because I'm like you're not watching it with the hour beforehand that leads to that moment. You haven't been with these characters. You don't know what they're like before this. And all these people are just watching that and be like, oh, look at this, overacting, terrible, all this sort of stuff. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, this, oh, social media these days. I'll tell you what, ruin it. Yeah. Ruin shit. But the other thing I want to mention, obviously, is getting a lot of Oscar buzz. Um, do you think there hasn't been as much pushback, I feel, this season to Netflix films being up for an Oscar? Do you think it's because... No, because they've been putting them in cinemas, and this went to cinemas. Uh, went to cinemas a month before release. Yeah, but so was Roma for a little bit. But people seem to get no. quite upset about that. 
same people are going to get upset. Roma was they weren't going to do a cinema. Netflix uh, Academy started getting up a fuss. Then they quickly kind of shoved it into cinemas. This year, because of Roma last year, Netflix has just been better throughout the entire year of making sure that uh, any movie they feel like needs to be in cinemas for... Yeah. Uh, see, season, see, it's, it's in the cinemas. There. You can't say anything yeah. now. Yeah, so they put Irishman in, they put this in, there's, you know, whatever. And, you know, if, if when the Oscars come around, this gets... If this... Look, end of day, in my mind... I, I mean, I don't spoiling my top ten probably for a bit. I don't know where these movies place, but in my mind, my short list includes Irishman and and this in my top ten. And I feel like both of those have a very high chance of uh, Oscar nominations. So it's like, <laughs> what are they going to do? Every year, yeah. Netflix just keeps making these good movies that just so they honestly are just some of the best movies of the year. They just keep producing them. So Academy just has to. Get the fuck over. Accept it. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to tell you. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, and then the only other thing to mention about the movie: you, did you guys have any issues with the score? Some people were having trouble with the score to this film. Why? Because it's done by Randy Newman. <laughs> yeah, but why is that? A problem I don't know. People were saying Randy it's Newman. too much like Toy Story and didn't fit. Randy Newman's I, done plenty of non-Toy Story stuff. I'm just reiterating what I've seen on the internet. What the fuck? Where did Newman does heaps of stuff? You're making me like... Is this this is this is one of those occasions where people like picked up something in the credits and was like, Randy Newman? This is odd. I've never... I bet you yeah, if I no. fucking type his name in there, like he's... We'll see what he's done this year. The Randy, score never this? even entered my mind. Yeah, there isn't much of a score for, from memory. No. Two, two episodes of Euphoria, Euphoria he scored. Mr. Mercedes, two episodes. Very much like production story. Cannonball. Black Mirror. He wrote an episode of Black Mirror. The guy cannot be a Disney saint if he's writing episodes of Black Mirror. The fuck? Come on now. What episode anyway. do you write? Um, we're going down the hole now, aren't we? Ash is like, why did I mention? Yeah. Welcome to WikiDive, <laughs> the show uh, where we dive through okay. wikis. I mean, this, this, this is a whole show. Uh, he wrote uh, Crocodile, episode season four, episode three. Uh, that is the one where the out in the snow. A woman interviews various people using a device that allows her to access their memories. I remember this one. It was quite good. Cool. Okay, then. Marriage Story. Uh, so I was lucky enough to watch the second season of Lost in Space a bit early. Um, if I believe we talked about it last year, probably around April. It's coming out Christmas Eve from memory. Hope I got that right. Uh, on Netflix. It's a step up. I think it's uh, it's it's really good. I think it's probably the one of the best family sci-fi shows you can be watching at the moment. Um, it, it definitely feels like they've gone more of a Battlestar Galactica way, the reboot, than the original direction of the show. Obviously, it's more. There's these group of survivors uh, who were all they were all traveling to Alpha Centauri in the first season. The ship got attacked. And they all got kind of separated. The ship got uh, uh, stuck somewhere. They were trapped on a planet. They got off the planet. End of the last season, the Robinsons got separated. Everybody else. Start of this season, they're stuck on this one planet, uh, which they've been on for seven months. So that explains why all the kids look a bit, a fair bit older. Um, there's a bit of a time jump. Uh, the, the show starts on Christmas. That's why it's set at Christmas. Um, but yeah. Got him. Got him. Uh, but yeah, I think it's really good. They kind of expand on the family dynamic a bit more. 
they explore they do a nice flashback episode that uh explores the relationship between julie and the dad i can't remember his name off the top of my head uh but that was good uh they explore the more they touch on the uh like history of the robot and the like the robot race which has been like the ro- alien robot race which has been a big part of the the sh- is is going to be a big part of the show and has been a big part of the show um and yeah it, it's just fun it's a fun family sci-fi show um one you can watch with the kids and that kind of thing without scaring them too much without scarring them too much uh and i really enjoyed where they left it at the end of the season with um with a, a clear view of what's going to happen in season three so uh you can check out my review for lost in space season two on the explosionnetwork.com but yes i would definitely recommend if you enjoy the first season you're definitely going to enjoy the second season and if you didn't love the first season second season might be more up your alley but yeah uh also watch klaus the animated christmas movie klaus uh that showed up on netflix um pretty much acts as like an origin story for santa claus um in a world where male men are like really important for some reason um but well, they are today it's christmas time Come yeah on. It, it, what do we do yeah. about them i had amazon what package arrived Alice? today <laughs> arrived today amazon did yeah uh but yeah i really enjoyed it i think it is probably the best christmas related thing being released this year i right, can't calm down star wars is out it's not christmas related <laughs> yeah, it is <laughs> not really uh uh yeah so there's this uh pretty much the story is this uh fan like a elitist child you know the you know the type the kid who's from wealthy family uh, who does nothing um called jesper donald trump Trump yep yeah that's probably more accurate (laughs) his his father's like head of the of the mailman so he gets sends him off to to pay his dues in a small city that's uh never had a successful mailman there um and his job is to be- deliver six thousand letters within a year uh and he he tricks the character of claus into giving children toys in return for letters so he can get his mail delivery up because the town is like it's it's like a westwide story where there's two families that are against each other but he's scheming the t- the children and the toys bring everybody together which you know the families the head of those families don't like so you know, there's conflict and that kind of thing. I really enjoyed again, I really enjoyed it. Uh Jason Schwartzman plays the the Jesper character. J.K. Simmons is Klaus, even though he doesn't really say it. he doesn't say a lot, but uh Rashida Jones also yeah. Rashida Jones in it, Bill Sasso. This it, it's a fun, fun animated film. Again, the best Christmas related film I've seen this year. And I've seen two. <laughs> oh, just a fifty shot. Yeah. But no, I I think it's really good. I I like I think I mentioned last episode, it's up for an Annie Award for Best Picture this year, so definitely worth checking out. It's got a very beautiful art style. Um, yeah, and it's re- I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, and then, Nick, you watched a film that I talked about earlier in the year, I Am Mother, the Australian produced film. What did you think? Yep. Um, it was fine, I guess. I mean, all the really theming the themes of the show and even kind of the story has been done before in other movies that I've seen. I mean, it was an interesting take on it, but I can just take it or leave it. Okay. 
You did. <laughs> what do you think of the robot? Of- the, the, it was technically well done, especially the CGI of the robot and knowing how they did it from watching the um, CGI artist react kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's oh, it was fine. You weren't oh, well, surprised? I wouldn't recommend anyone rush out and see it. Surprised well, by... It's six months old, so I don't think anybody's going to rush out. But. <laughs> <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't rushed by this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. I I remember enjoying it more than that. So, uh, but yeah, it is what it is. Uh, I also want to bring up. I watched nailed it the holiday edition for this season. Nailed it. Oh, the show. How many episodes which is this one? It's six, I think, off okay. the top of my head. Uh, in which they make bad bakers make baking things. Um, it's a lot of fun. Nicole Byer obviously is the host, and she's enjoyable to watch, judge, and talk and banter as they're terribly baking um jason manzoukas is uh features an episode he's hilarious uh shame with uh, um uh maya rudolph's on a judge for one episode with the real the real star this season paul Shear from shows like um he's in the league i can't he's in a bunch of stuff he's on the show not as a host not as a guest judge he's one of the contestants really <laughs> for an episode yes for a single episode. For a single episode. is one of the contestants competing for the Nelda Trophy, which is a lot of fun to watch him <laughs> be as bad as everybody else. So there you go. Celebrities can be bad at baking, just like you. Um, so definitely worth checking out if you're in the Christmas period. It was a fun thing. Just like watch while you're doing other things. You can watch the awful, yeah. awful things they make. You can see them b- burning measuring cups in the microwave and all kinds of things. All right. Uh, that brings to the end of that segment. We're going to be now jumping in to our top 10 TV shows of 2019. Believe it or not, we've all got top 10s. First in... <laughs> first in what I do you want to watch it. history. Alright. Um, so, Nick, what is your number 10 TV show of 2019? Big Little Lies. Do you want to expound on that a little bit, please? Season 2. Season 2, yes, correct. Um, it was... Fun, or not really fun, but it was good to... (laughs) (laughs) Not real fun. (laughs) It was good to jump back into that uh, story and see the aftermath of what happened in season one, but it was well acted and stuff, but I didn't really like the way that the story wrapped up. Um, I mean, it was... Are you talking about, like, literally the last five minutes? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, it it was a very, very good... um, series of television but like i said the ending kind of soiled it maybe for me to put it higher in the list okay uh dylan what's your number 10 my number 10 is mindhunter season two. Oh, i forgot about that <laughs> it's already happened he's like <laughs> shuffle 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 position <laughs> right, i've used number 10 but i can fit it in if i delete number 14 uh talked about it on this uh, a couple months ago whenever it is it came out um i love the first season i watched that when it dropped i was been waiting for this for a very very long time and i was very very happy with the second season uh, i like the way that they're slowly moving it obviously more towards we're going to reach a point maybe with season three where it's just going to be more of like 
you're following like a more famous serial killer case that you know now. I, I, I guess for some people it might be a turn off that not every season's exactly like the first one where it's more about interviewing people and whatever. But to me, it makes perfect sense that they slowly move away from that. And the second season was like slowly less interviewing, more action. And that just makes more, more sense. More putting into practice what they've learned. Yeah, which makes sense as like an evolution of literally what's going to happen here. So... Um, it's well acted, amazing shot. I just appreciate the dark tone of it all. I always feel like it's like the the test for this is like, did you like Zodiac? Yeah, watch Mindhunter. That's like my whole thing and how it adds up. Yeah. So now hopefully I don't have to wait two more years for next season, but uh, if I do, will. then that's what we're gonna, <laughs> that's what I'm going to deal with. Also, um, uh, the, the female, uh, I'm trying to remember Anna Torb's character. I can't remember yeah. her name, but uh, her storyline. I like how they gave her more to do this season as well, like more of a storyline outside of just at the workplace, and like gave her some personal storyline this season. Obviously, that was really good, and um, I appreciate that. So that's my number ten, mind. Yeah, really good choice. Uh, my number ten is Daybreak, the series on Netflix. That's a, like a post-apocalyptic teen dra- comedy drama adventure. Um, I probably this is probably a little bit of recency bias uh, coming into it, but I, I really enjoyed that series. It's so stylistic. They're just doing throwing a bunch of different stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, Matthew Broderick shows up and just does some of the best work he's done in years. Um, and yeah, all the kids they're all fun and enjoyable. And there's an episode narrated by Riza for no apparent reason, other than is Riza. I mean, it's pretty great. And, and- yeah, really enjoyable. Ten episodes on Netflix, worth checking out. Um, Nick, what is your number nine? Did you write? Hold on, did you write a review for that? I did write a review on that. You can check it out. At your plug. There oh, is yeah. going to be a lot hit- of plugs. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to remember to hit your plugs. Come on, remember to hit your yes. plugs. <laughs> Nick, yes, number nine. I did not write a review for this, but it's a uh, Russian doll. The uh, a miniseries, I guess you could call it. Um, Groundhog Day. Yeah, pretty much Groundhog Day. It's getting a second season, Day. isn't it? Is it? I'm pretty sure I remember oh reading. There's I remember Day. talking about concepts. this last time we talked about it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess watch the show. Probably <laughs> reiterating what I say, I don't know how they could do a second season, but um, it's very much a Groundhog Day, but um, I, I don't know really how to explain it differentiates in a way. I think it's quite funny very well acted and um just i guess oh fuck what's the main character actress's name natasha um, or something i can't remember yeah you, you probably know her from orange is the new black but it just just the way her character is and the way she interacts with the world is very enjoyable to watch i guess i mean they're definitely not a good person but yeah it's i think it's a fun little series for you to watch you could probably smash it out in half a day if you really wanted to because they're half hour aren't they I believe so yeah yeah yep. I think it's cool. only like seven episodes I think too yeah alright uh, Dylan what's your number nine my number nine is the first season of the surprise very early Netflix series from January Sex Education which yeah. um is one of those ones that kind of stuck in very early in the end would be easy to forget about, but um, very, very funny, uh, very unique, I think, for the genre of, like, teen growing up 
you know, that sort of genre and like the, the way they handle both the angle of growing up and like the way they, they, they spin a lot of cliche characters and interesting directions because obviously you've got like the, the bully character and like the, the popular chick and uh, yeah. I guess the main character who's played by um, Asa Butterfield would fit somewhere towards obviously the geeky nerdy character but then also he's got like the, the quote unquote hot mum I guess that all the, the, the kids would be like oh you got the hot mum but and she's obviously a uh, sex, sex therapist <laughs> so it makes uh, life a bit awkward for him uh, and then you got uh, his best friend, uh, Eric. Let's try and yes. Check real quick. Yeah, Eric. Eric um, who, who's also really great in the show. And it's just got a whole bunch of really great characters. Also, um, the teacher, Mr. Greff, Greg or whatever. Um, he's really great. The show's just had a lot of heart, I think. And it was very funny. And I also think what made it stick out to me is because it's not American. Like, so, like, the setting also kind of separates it from the million other shows set you know, like very yeah. typical American high schools or whatever colleges, these sorts of campuses. Doesn't hit, didn't have any of that like American college campus culture type, boring American high school, American pie type shit happening. Uh, no, I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, second season is out next month. So yeah. I'm looking forward to January. that. Yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Just outside my top 10, I think. Uh, yeah. I think, I think the thing I like about it is like, obviously you get drawn in because it's like, Sex is in the title, and but it doesn't treat it so much as a taboo kind of thing. It t- they treat it a bit more seriously than I feel like a lot of the American comedies do. Um, it's like a relationship building thing rather than sex. It's not, it's not. It's not bro. It's not like a the usual like bro. It's not super bro-y sex show where it's like all about the guy trying to get the girl and like all of the jokes are played out for like guy humor on screen and all these sorts of things like there is nudity in it but at the same time it doesn't feel the same as like american pie nudity scenes where it's very much like trying to play to a, a guy audience i feel like the show yeah it's like it's 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 trying to be like sex is a thing and it the whole, they're trying to teach the show that like the, the show is literally about the ace of butterfield's character kind of helping kids with sex because his mom's a sex therapist even though he has issues himself and i guess in that way the show's representation of all that fits the the theme, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Great show. Um, my number nine is the third season of Glow. Still a great show. This time they're in Las Vegas. Um, I think I said in our... We did a review discussion earlier this year. I think I said it's not as great as the second season, but it's still very, very good. Um, this season they got to expand on a few other different characters rather than just Ruth and... Uh, um, what's Debbie's character? as well yeah yeah so they got to expand on a lot more characters um uh mostly uh what's his name the uh the manager guy Mark Maron. nope the guy from veronica mars (laughs) yep yep (laughs) yeah this is should have done more research but uh yeah close season (laughs) three uh definitely keen to see what they do in the fourth and final season next year no, uh, I had that one probably at like 11 or 12. Yeah. I'm on it. Like, the, just outside. I'll just say it here. I was going to reiterate it at the end. Great year for television. There is a lot of stuff that just missed out on this top 10 list. Uh, in my opinion. Especially anyway. when you Bash. forget about it. Bash is the but, character's name. Played by Bash, Clifford, yes. Uh, yeah, an interesting storyline. <laughs> yeah. yeah. uh, Nick, what is your number eight TV show of 2019? My number eight is the Australian show, Mr. In Between. Um, I've talked about it previously on the show. It's... Uh, 
Australian crime slash comedy, I guess, show. It's about uh, a father who's a hitman also trying to balance his personal life with his daughter and his sick brother and their relationship with his girlfriend. This this is season two. Um, it goes in a very a much darker, more serious route, I find. Like, his world and life is coming apart because of the choices he makes and stuff like that. And I think it it's good drama. Um, it's much better watched as a binge show, I find, because it's quite slow-paced, episode to episode, like a week, wait in the week in between. But I think as a whole, it's a gripping, like, 13 or 11 episodes of television. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good. I think that's probably might be the one stranger on our list. <laughs> it's, uh, which, you know, it's a good thing. Uh, Dylan, what is number eight on your list? Stranger Things season three. My, uh, favorite season of Stranger Things. I, I, I think I've decided as a whole. I think obviously the first season was like this big thing and it was the first one, but I, I've had the se- season three was the one that brought me back in. Cause I wasn't the biggest fan of season two, obviously uh, not for the one episode that everyone hates, but more so just because I felt like they introduced a bunch of stuff and the writing didn't feel as, as good and whatever else uh, this season made all those characters I thought was stupid last season, actually into interesting people and had purposes. And um, I love the way it all came together. And then of course the, the last couple of episodes are super emotional and I'm excited for the direction the show could hand uh, head in the future, especially given that this season ends kind of like it's the Empire Strikes Back of the Stranger Things, I guess, because it has a very like Somber. downer of a yeah, yeah ending, and you're like, okay, well, <laughs> what are we doing next, guys? Like, <laughs> yeah, so Stranger Things, season three, it was great. Great. I wrote a review for every episode and the season. ExplosionNetwork.com. Yeah, I think we did a review discussion as well, didn't we? That sounds like something we've done. Uh, I don't know. They all mix. Yeah, I think so. Yes. <laughs> and it was a really discussion. Explosion. <laughs> There's related content on explosionnetwork.com. Uh, my number eight is season two of Succession. I feel like the show blew up on Twitter this year. Um, it is still, it is fun to watch, even if the, all the characters are terrible people. Um, just to hear them banter and talk and scheme against each other. Um, it, it, Every week, I was very keen to check out the what was going to happen in each episode, and uh, I was generally not disappointed. Um, yeah, and especially where they left it ended this season, uh, very keen to see what how they pick it up. Especially, there was a lot of great actors come in as well. They had Holly Hunter, they had Cherry Jones, they had a bunch of different uh, big, reasonable names or character actors who played very important roles throughout the season. Um, and yeah, it's it is some of the best dialogue on TV. Um, on succession so yeah if you haven't watched succession definitely worth checking out especially i'm talking to you nick because i'm pretty sure you'd like succession i on my list of stuff to watch yeah uh yeah so on the stuff of stuff list of stuff you did watch what is number seven uh number seven is dairy girls uh season two in particular it's hard for me to differentiate the two seasons which I guess there's a good thing and a bad thing because I watched them at the same time, but it didn't feel like there was any particular quality drop-off or it didn't skip a beat in its writing. For those who don't know, it's kind of like a coming-of-age story of 
four uh, girls and one guy that go to a pro- uh, go to a school in Northern Ireland, and it's set during the, I guess, the late eighties, early nineties of the um, troubles. Um, it's very well written. It's quite funny. Um, just the situations they get into and all the characters and their interactions are a joy to watch. And the thing I like about it the most, I guess, is is they've written in a, I guess, a more believable way, whereas kind of like a show that would be American is kind of over the top where these are more realistic, I guess, interactions with each other, I guess. But yeah, it's different and I enjoy it for that. And I guess because I have an interest in that period of history at time in Ireland as well, that speaks to me on that level as well. Cool. It's on uh, Netflix as well for people on Netflix. who don't know. Uh, Don, what is your number seven? My number seven is the third season of True Detective. Uh, um, I guess kind of like very much a similar story to <laughs> Stranger Things. I was obviously True Detective season two, no one I know like. So <laughs> I think the overall consent, I didn't even finish the second season. That's how much I didn't like it. Uh, the third season is back on form it's uh much better written it has way better uh, characters it's uh very interconnected kind of like the first season was with lots of like flashing back forward all over the place but you can tell they've actually spent time with this and they didn't try and rush it out because i think that was the major problem the second one they tried to rush out this follow-up season after the smash hit and this time they got uh time to actually work on the scripts and these sorts of things uh it doesn't have the I guess the first season had this great Woody Harrelson, um, Matthew McConaughey duo that everyone kind of latched onto. I wouldn't say the duo in this as is as it's never going to be that. But I, uh, Mahershala Ali is great, and so is um, Stephen Dorff. They're, they're both really great together as the two main uh, cops in this. But they just don't have that it factor. I guess uh, the story hits on different elements. Like the main character is someone who like went to war so then they they, there's like a tying in factor of dealing with him dealing with that as a character and then other elements that come in that the show's never really played around with before and then also this season does something that i was happy with that american horror story has kind of done of recent which is that american horror story at some stage i'm only comparing it to that because it's an anthology series not because the writing is (laughs) exactly the same caliber but american horror story at some stage was like you know what all these things are like kind of interconnected and we can do events and whatever else. And the, this season of true detective was like, yeah, it's they're They're all connected in some ways. Now I'm like, okay, good. Like we do have, I don't need the big connections, but I do like that. There is now like confirmed way that this could all tie in together and whatever else. But yeah, true detective was back and form. Cool. Uh, my number seven is Brooklyn nine, nine season six. Um, the first season under NBC, um, it was a lot of fun. I, it, it's just more Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is more than you could possibly ask for. Um, there are a lot of great episodes. Highlights include Hitchcock and Scully, an episode that sort of flashes back to explain how Hitchcock and Scully become like the, the terrible people they are, <laughs> the two really bad, lazy cops they are. Um, he Said, She Said, which is like a Me Too sort of episode uh, that they explore a case of uh, sexual assault and a like alleged sexual assault um 
while also doing some uh, having a disco strangler tie-in which is <laughs> a callback to previous seasons um and then they also had like a ticking clock episode which takes place like a real-time kind of episode uh starring Shaw and aston as well so um lots of fun guest stars other big one i think was lin-manuel miranda came in this season um and yeah it is a lot of a great season of television but what do you expect from Brooklyn Nine Nine at this point is it? I was is, say, okay, I, this is the one show for you. I can guarantee it'll be on your te- top ten every year. I swear to God. Yeah, it, it, it's it's just <laughs> one of those feel good TV shows, the comfort shows. So yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, Nick, what is your number six? Number six is The Mandalorian. Ooh. Um, we're not all the way through, but it's just a joy to, I guess, romp around in that particular time period and of Star Wars um, it hasn't really had much depth to it to me so far but it's yeah like I said a joy to be in that universe again in this particular format and a live action kind of serial kind of thing and it's just it's more like a western than any other Star Wars I've seen in my opinion anyway and I like westerns and Star Wars so it's kind of like a it's a samurai movie actually I'll have you know (laughs) but yeah it's i'm quite enjoying it it's i'll be keen to see where they wrap it up um but yeah i'm keen to see more of it and recommend any star wars fan to watch it yeah maybe i should have put the mandalorian on my list Uh, anyway yeah it's a great show if you want to hear more about the mandalorian you should listen to our weekly after show called the mandalorians with an e you find explosionnetwork.com uh, Dylan, what's your number six? My number six is Big Little Lies season two. Um, so, double here. This is this the first double up we've had yet. Yeah, the first I think so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was a big fan of the first season. I really liked the second season. I understand what Nick was hinting at before with the last like five minutes, kind of being like, okay, but I I don't hate it like he does. And even if I did, I feel like everything up until that point was just so good that. I don't think it would ruin it for me because especially since that last episode, I just love it so much. Like the acting you get from uh, everyone in that final episode, especially Nicole Kidman and Meryl Streep is like standout acting on television for me, for sure from the year. Just, I was just like, give her all the fucking Emmys. Just take them all now. Like that's how it's one of those like just performances, I think. Um, And I think the other reason I really like it is just because when they announced it, I was like, I don't need this. It makes no sense. Why would you do a follow-up season to this? The last season was perfect as it is. Leave it the fuck alone. And then when I sat down and I finally watched the show, I was like, that's actually an interesting way to take this story like into a second season. And I enjoyed the way it developed. And it was just like a sign of like, sometimes you just got to trust people, I guess, especially considering there's all these, uh, you know, all the behind the scenes drama a bit with this show and like, changing of hands and a million to one editors on each episode and this sort of stuff and when it came down to it you honestly could not tell there was like 17 edi- editors per episode because it was just really 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 good television cool my number six is game of thrones season eight. Oh, oh here it is oh my god <laughs> i mean say what you will about it critically i had a great time um, and I don't think it's just because of the show. I think it's everything surrounding the show as well. Just the discourse and it all comes together to create like an enjoyable experience. Um, I think 
episode three, The Long Night, it, despite having some issues, it's an incredible episode of television. Uh, season two, episode two, I think, is like one of the standout character pieces of the season, of the year. Um, and, you know, we got some great moments in there. Sure, it's there, there might have been some rushed storytelling, but I think it, it, it ended reasonably well given the time constraints that they've put on themselves. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a yeah. sentence. It ended very well considering the time constraints they put on themselves. <laughs> yeah. And you fucking kneeler. <laughs> Uh, if you wanted to hear an episode by episode reaction to uh, Game of Thrones, you should go back and listen to South for King's Landing at explosionnetwork.com. Yeah. Uh, Nick, what's your number five? Uh, my number five is Barry, the HBO show. I think it's season three? Season two. 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 Season two. Yeah, it's very similar in a way by premise of Mr. In Between. Um, but. It's, again, he's a hitman and he's trying to get out of the life, I guess, but he keeps on being dragged in by whatever kind of um, events that keep happening. And just there's some very fantastic character moments in it. There's a, some very like off-the-cuff kind of episodes that are some of the best television of the year. Um, it's just a joy to see a lot of the characters, especially Noho Hank and stuff like that and their interaction. It's quite funny and humorous, very well written and acted, and yeah, it's easily digestible as well. Um, it's one of the better shows of the year, in my opinion, anyway. Good. That's your bias on your list. Uh, Dylan, what is your number five? My number five is the miniseries Looking for Alaska which I obviously recently talked about. This is, I think this is my most recent, or yeah, one, definitely one of my more recent ones. Um, as I said quite recently, it's eight episodes. It's one story. It's really well acted by these younger actors. Um, it's interesting to watch because it's not set like 2019, so that's also a fun factor of it. It's set like early 2000s. Uh, then, it's hard to talk about without spoiling, of course, but, yeah, so I was a fan of the book. I think this show is better, and that's going to be my big selling point for it. Like, it's one of like it's one of only a couple things in my life where I'm like I prefer the ad- adaptation to the source material. It doesn't happen very often, but they just expanded these characters from the book and made them so much more interesting and multi-layered. And as far as like bu- building up investment and building. Um, your love and care towards characters goes this this show does it so well so fast and then it earns its dramatic moments in its last couple episodes especially with a few characters some of the most dramatic moments the saddest moments in the show weren't in the books at all and i think that's just like was great additions to the to the source material so uh yeah it's it's like i've i've real i was trying to think of like a really good way to pitch it without like spoiling some things because there is a really good way to pitch it but i think it spoils like one of the major plot points uh so i'll just say it's like if you like young adult teen dramas but actually want them to be more serious and have consequence for stuff and kind of actually go somewhere and not just meander around and fucking do nothing for 10 seasons watch this because it's eight episodes it's one story it's really great (laughs) that's number five of my top 10 tv shows of 2019 Yep. Uh, my number five is Stranger Things season three. Like Dylan said, it's vast improvement on season two. 
I think when we discussed it, we said everything that we didn't like about season two, specifically characters that were introduced, were improved greatly and had were just did were much better used this season. Uh, and then, of course, they introduced my new favorite character this big year, Robin, um, and he, her interactions with Steve and Dustin and that crew uh, were some of the best, my favorite things about television this year. So, uh, yeah, Stranger Things on two lists. Uh, yeah. Nick, what's your number four? My number four is The Boys, the adaptation of the comic book. Um, Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis, yes, of course. Um, Steve Dillon. Like, Jack Robertson. Like Dylan, I think this is a better adaptation. It's better than the source material. Um, for those that don't know, the source material is quite, um, I guess, edgy, edgy in a way. <laughs> edgy, but I like the way that this updates and modifies it to, I guess, a contemporary audience. Um, it's incredibly fun to be in that world. Just the pretty much everyone's a shitbag and um, the way it's acted, the way certain characters, I guess, are all looking for revenge and the way they deal with the, I guess, Justice League type of kind of thing where they're all <laughs> awful people. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm incredibly keen to see where it goes. I think it's a hit for Amazon Prime this year as well. Um yeah, it's quite a good show. <laughs> and Anthony Starr's in it. Yes, true. Well, Anthony Starr's probably stand out from that show, arguably. Yep. Yep. I, I would and say that that's probably the biggest Amazon Prime show this year. Yeah, by far, I think. Yeah. Um, Dylan, what's your number four? My number four is Dark, season two. This one is most uh, relatable to uh, Nick's one you talk about for Dairy Girls, because I watched the first like both seasons back to back so it was kind of like I'm putting it in here in my mind it's like I'm like I enjoyed both seasons but I don't really see any difference. it's hard quality. to separate them yeah, yeah it's hard to separate so I, I, either way it's like one of my favourite things I've watched this year so it was impossible for me not to put the second season on here uh, German show so now we've we've got our uh, balance coming up there but yeah it's a German Netflix original series I think I talk, talked about on here uh, midway into the year it was it's one of my favorite sci-fi things i've watched in many many years simply because of how i don't know how they do it i really feel like they've kind of got like an entire warehouse room floor where they're just laying out pieces of paper to make sure everything and all these random plot elements all like connect and come together at the end of it because the show involves time travel and that gets really confusing fast especially when you're going to like multiple different time periods and all these sorts of things and like interactive things but when it gets to the end of the second season i'm like that thing came to this thing like it really just like pulls it all together where you're just like wow that's really i don't know how you did that i don't know how you made that all work and then it, it's one of those things too where it's like i definitely feel like if i was to rewatch it when it's over all done you'd be like fr from episode one go you'd be like ah like that thing that person this is all like a red herring so i just feel like it's really well written and it's really well acted i think the big step up from season one to two i feel like the acting got a lot better i don't know if that's simply because of the way certain characters stories go that kind of forced them into being more like because it does have like a teenage cast. Not all the characters are teenagers, but like the first season starts with a teenage cast. And then the second season, they get forced because of events into being more like grown up because of stuff that's happening. So I think that gives the actors a bit more to do, I guess. But yeah, it's definitely my favorite 
like original sci-fi story I've seen in quite some time, and I'm it would definitely be in my like top five most anticipated follow-up seasons uh, for next year. I'm just really, really intrigued, especially with the cliffhanger from this season, to see where it all goes. Is it in German? Uh, yes, but you can watch it with fucking terrible uh, lip syncs, dub. yeah, dubbing on. Which the first episode I click start, and I'm like. What the fuck? Like, I was like, quickly grab the pause button. I'm like, no, what the hell's going on? I, yeah, it's I, like I, watching I rushed, Kung Pao. Yeah, it was like, it was terrible and I rushed to turn off. No, but yeah, if you watch it, definitely watch it with subtitles because no, the English dubbing is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah. There seems to be a lot of that going on on Netflix of the dubbing of international shows. I don't know English. why it's set to do it automatically. I'm like, why the f- This should be an option. Don't, don't force this crap on me. For Americans. Oh, yeah, probably. fucking hell. Just learn yeah. to read. <laughs> yeah. Sub, not dub. Yeah. Yeah. Hell that is. Yeah. Honest, but, like, this is that position, but also, like, Dark would get my, like, out of any, all the TV shows all year that, like, completely out of left field. You know what I mean? Like, I hadn't heard of this. I randomly looking for Netflix. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. I should, I should give that show a go. And then, like, to go from it being a, I expect it to be okay to... Wow, this is like one of my favorite shows of the year. It was definitely like the out of nowhere one for me. Cool. Uh, number four shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. It's uh, Bojack Horseman. Uh, sure, it's only part one of the final season, but it's just still that good that it needed to get on my list. Um, this season, all the characters uh, actually improve or make good choices to improve their lives, which is uh, something that has, they haven't done uh, so far. But. Uh, I love the characters, I love the show. Just uh, seeing everyone being more happy is uh, a joy to see, And but, you know, it's all probably going to come crumbling down uh, come January, so I'm also looking forward to that, which is says a lot, I think, about me. But yeah, Bojack Horseman. <laughs> <laughs> no one can be happy in Ashley's life. <laughs> yeah, if I can't be happy, no. Uh, Nick, what's your number three? My number three is The Righteous Gemstones, the new show by Denny McBride. It... Uh, follows a family of TV, TV evangelists. Um, basically, Denny McBride's character gets blackmailed and it's all threatening to come to light, all the debaucherous shit the family gets up to. And it's just a family of all despicable people and their way to, I guess, weasel their way out of being found out. And it's a family drama at heart, I guess. Um even though they are bad people, they have kind of redeeming qualities than the way that they, I guess, care for each other in the end. Um, it's got a quite a stellar cast. It's got Denny McBride, John Goodman, Walter Goggins, Adam Devine, I think that's how you say his name. Yep. Um, yeah, it's very, very funny, quite serious at times. Um, but yeah, it's well worth the watch, and I think it's one of the better shows of the year. Definitely out of left field for me as well. Okay. Uh, Dylan, what's your number three? Um, I, I was like, I was right before Nick went, I was going to say, top three, we're gonna, you're going to start hearing about some shows we've heard a lot about, and then Nick's like, yeah, got the Righteous Gemstones over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you'll probably be hearing a lot of shows we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number three is Chernobyl, the miniseries uh, that me and Nick are obviously big fans of I presume Nick's gonna bring it up at the, very soon um, it's just 
was like it's nearly perfectly written i really don't there's like no it's hard to find any criticisms for the five it's five right episodes yeah. yeah, yeah. From so, the man that brought you uh, due date yeah. and the Hangover movies, and the fucking Hangover movies. It's like here comes this amazingly well scripted show where like not a moment is wasted in telling this story, and it's tense when it needs to be tense. It's sad when it needs to be sad. It's horrific when it needs to be horrific. It's funny a couple times, I guess, when it needs to add some uh, levity, levity to, yeah. to the scenes, especially when it comes to like the the minor the what, yeah minors no. Yeah, the miners, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the miners scene, like that adds a bit of, obviously there's like a darkness to that, but at the same time it adds a bit of levity to it. So I just feel like there's, and of course the acting all around is all stars and it just starts as this thriller and it becomes like a horror movie and then it ends up as this political courtroom drama dealing, and it's quite scary just thinking about the world we may live in or the world Russia would have lived in without these people who stood up for truth justice and definitely not the russian way so <laughs> it's like um it's yeah definitely 100 standout of, of the year. i feel like it's just one of those shows that everyone should watch but at the same time i don't know if everyone could handle watching it because of certain things but yeah cool uh my number three is a good place um <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, this is this is the last time I'm going to be able to bring it up on one of these lists because there's only like four episodes left. Um, we got the last three episodes of season three, start of the year. We got another eight, I think, so far this year of season four. Nine episodes. Oh, treat. Uh, it is still <laughs> one of the best comedies on TV. It is still constantly surprising in the directions it decides to go. Uh, the season finale of season three, Pandemodium, is one of the heart- most heartbreaking things I've experienced so far this year. Um, and but then, the last episode is a nice, uh, the mid-season break episode. The answer is one of the nicest, nice tie-ins to that episode. And, like fits together as a nice p- puzzle piece, so it all comes together nicely. Just a great show with fun characters. Anytime Jason's t- Jason says something, uh, it, it makes me happy. So, a good place catch up now before the final couple episodes come out four episodes left four episodes left before we go to the bad place uh nick what is your number two i just want to preface this that these two are so close together they may as well be one entry but since we have to split it up um number two is going to be watching watchmen for me and it is a phenomenal show damon lindelof is hit it out of the park again um incredibly written takes the source material and advance it advance it in a way that is i guess beyond what it originally was um the way it ties in the world building the threads it build it ties in and then they come back together and tie together and the acting the casting the just the set design, everything about it is just a stellar, stellar show. And I'm really glad that it exists, to be honest. The soundtrack as well. Um, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, is that how you say their names? Yeah. 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 I mean, they're just... I listen to it on top, it's fucking great. Just, and I can't imagine watching this show without knowing what The Watchmen is, because... Just what you get out of it knowing that how 
I guess, faithful and lovingly they tie those together as well. It's just yeah, a phenomenal show. We should note, uh, as of recording, because this will come out after... We're recording. We are recording, recording before the finale. Yeah, we're recording before, before yeah. the finale. So the finale is out. I mean, yeah, everything tomorrow fall apart, but... Not not to date this, but I just want to, like... Because it's, it's high, but, like, I highly doubt the season finale is going to ruin the show, but I would love to have seen the season finale so I could be like, and it ended perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Dylan, what's your number two? My number two is When They See Us, which is another miniseries that I obviously spent a bit of time talking about this year. Um... I find it like it's it's really weird because I in a lot of ways I consider uh, that and Chernobyl very similar to me. They're just like these couple episodes that I think are really well written, um, really well told. I think the reason I like this more than Chernobyl um, when it comes down to it, even though I would say that Chernobyl is better written, not that this is badly written. I just think that Chernobyl has like no blemishes when it comes to its script. The reason that this just this hit me more i guess because like as i've talked about before like by i got by the time i got finished this series i was like crying a lot and then i went and watched the freaking oprah thing and then i just cried some more and whatever else where chernobyl was just more shocking and like shock factor to me and be like wow oh, this is fucked up this is terrible um whereas this just hit me more in my heart hole than my like brain hole i guess so that's why it just uh, affected me more uh but same it's like ava duvernay i think is uh this amazing director, of course, at the moment that we've got happening. She's telling lots of uh, stories and purposely telling uh, black American stories, going out of the way to tell them and bring them to the screen, bring them to movie screens, of course, you know, Selma and things. But um, and with this, she tells a story I had no idea about and I'm glad that I now know about because I think it's obviously a terrible thing that happened to these kids who were uh, falsely accused and locked up for different periods of time for... Uh, the rape and murder of this uh, jogger in Central City Park in New York City. And the series just tracks them across the the first episode covers that case and the second episode kind of covers the trial and third episode covers when some of them come out and then you get to the, the last person, what happens to them in the last episode. And it's just, it's terrible. It's really well acted, uh, of course. Jeez, um, oh, I should bring up the... The one guy, Jerome, Jerome, yeah, Gerald Jer- Jerome won uh, the Emmy, wasn't it? Yes. Or what was it? Yes, the Emmy, Emmy for best best acting as well. So that was really, really good. And he's the he's the standout person from the show because he's the only kid actor that also plays then the adult version of the same uh, character. Or it's a weird to say character because it's a real life person. So, um, but yeah, stuck with me all year up until the point I was making this list, and I still think that watching this is just that hit me it affected me i was like this is fucked <laughs> to put mm. it bluntly so yeah uh my number two is also watchmen i think it is i was slow getting into it but as soon as it got its grips into me it's been riveting television ever since um i think it is constantly surprising and shocking the different reveals and storylines they've done and how it all relates back to the watchmen source material uh, I think it's brilliantly acted. Um, Regina King is fantastic. Um, uh, oh, what's her name? Who plays? Who? I have to look it up. Um, I've got on DBA. Glory. Jean <laughs> uh, Smart. Jean Smart. That ep- that I think it's that third episode she's introduced. 
blows the yep. show that that is where it's got it talks into me show performance in that is incredible um and yeah just the the way they've managed to weave the mythology through the show top notch uh incredible so yeah watchmen one of the best shows of the year uh nick what is your number one show of 2019 <laughs> we can all even though it is all... just even though it is slightly just it is tied with number two yeah. game of thrones season eight <laughs> yep called it <laughs> Um, which this will come as no surprise for anybody that knows me it's uh, Chernobyl a just world is a sane world there was nothing sane about Chernobyl I'm pleased to report that the situation in Chernobyl is stable in terms of radiation I'm told it's the equivalent of a chest x-ray no Chernobyl is on fire. And every atom of uranium is like a bullet, penetrating everything in its path. Metal, concrete, flesh. Now Chernobyl holds over three trillion of these bullets. Some of them will not stop firing for 50,000 years. Tell me how to put it out. You are dealing with something that has never occurred on this planet before. Um, I feel like this is a show created like just for me because for the longest time I have had a interest in history, particularly Soviet history and Chernobyl. Um, that area of Ukraine, all of it, um, is just seeing that lovingly. Uh, I guess, yeah, well, I guess lovingly... It is, yeah. Yeah, recreated to tell the story of the people involved and this and what happened, even down to, like, I listened to the podcast with the creator um, and just the lengths they went to to make it as accurate as they possibly could with shooting on location at the sister power plant, Um even consulting with Russian people that were living there at the time, what it was like, down to the mannerisms and the sayings they would say each other, like it was everything was yes, comrade, and just bring it down to such a accurate way to retell the story and just giving it justice of the story of what happened, bringing it to light to the general public that may not even know anything at all about it other than ancillary kind of like secondhand stories well, well uh, all i knew is that it exploded it blew up obviously, exactly before yeah. i watched the series so yeah. that's right yeah um it's just phenomenally acted casted shot scored i mean it, i can't think of a negative thing to say about it it is just a phenomenal stellar piece of filmmaking television making it'd be hard pressed to find a show that would top it on any list for me apart from the fact you just said one and two were very close <laughs> they are very close but still Chernobyl takes you out just for I guess it was it, it, it hits me it's so made for you closely to home yeah it's exactly it, it's on the mark for it mm. Dylan what is your number one show of 2019 my number one show of 2019 is Watchmen. The 
There are people who believe that this world is fair and good. It's all lollipops and rainbows. We don't do lollipops and rainbows. We know those are pretty colors that just hide what the world really is. Black and white. Soon thou shalt save us. And we will whisper. We convinced ourselves that they were gone. But they were just hibernating. They came for everybody. Home, please. Coordinated simultaneous attacks at the homes of Tulsa PD. So the cops hide their faces, and now the bad guys don't know where they live. And who doesn't want a secret identity? I feel like this is very obvious because every week I'm just I, I'm pretty much yelling in my room about how this this show to me is about a hundred places above my second place. Like I, I am, I think that this show is so good and like so like to me this is. I was I honestly feel like without Watchmen I would say it was a somewhat disappointing year of TV because as good as like when they see us uh, and Chernobyl and these other things on my list are they're all like miniseries and they're they're, they're not like they didn't have me constantly week by week, like grabbed and really like on the edge of my seat, like, yes, like what's next week? I can't wait. Let me, you know, like, oh, this is so good. Like th this is the only show that I've had, like in, in previous years, the show that would usually fill that slot for me has been Better Call Saul, to be honest, um, which I obviously we didn't get this year because that's the only other show where I'm like, oh, what's going to happen next? What's all this? Um, but Watchmen is just, it's so fucking good. I don't know how it's so good. Like, I was always going to watch it. It's better than it has any right to be. Yeah, it, it honestly is like, it's one of those shows where it just really does deserve that say because as I was going to watch it and I, I expected it to be okay. I just expected it to be a perfectly okay series. And yet it comes out and it's, I know this is like blasphemy for a lot of people and it's like one of those weird things where, you know, putting the horse before, the carriage before the horse, no, horse before the carriage, whatever the fucking thing is. But um, I think that this is better than the comic book to me now. And I know that's one of those things where it's like, oh, but you wouldn't have this without the comic book. And I'm like, I understand that. But like, if I had to pick between the, the original comic book or this as to what like just is so much more enjoyable, it's going to be this because I just think it's so much more relevant, obviously, because the comic is so old and it's like talking about uh, the events it's handling in that, like the doomsday clock element of the original comic book compared to the doomsday element of this and these sorts, uh, sorts of things. It's just like this one's more relatable to me and I guess that's why it's like yeah. hitting more and I just find it so much more fun to watch. But it's like literally everything. There's not every single character in this show is great. Somehow they've managed to pace out so much over such a short amount of episodes. I have no idea. I also feel like I've watched two seasons somehow because I'm like, wait, they they spent an entire episode of Tim Blake Nelson's character. Basically, they spent an entire episode of all those, uh, these other characters, Laurie Blake, all these sorts of things. And they've still had this massive like interwoven story happening that's like tying together so many different elements and things. And I'm I feel safe going into the season finale that they're going to tie up all of it, if not like 90% of it, like enough to appease me, I guess. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's like a few loose strings hung around just because, you know, like 
we maybe do a second season or I don't, you know these sorts of things but um but as a show i'm like this show's so good it is just the music's so good. The costumes are so good. The acting's so good. It's just the only not show not just the score, year, but like the song choices they make in this show is excellent as well. Yeah, play at certain points and these sorts of things. Yeah, and um, but it's just it is easily on top of my list. There was there was no debate in my mind. You know, like I sat down to make my top ten. It's just like Watchmen. All right, what's next? There's n- nothing else this year has made me as happy as Watchmen has, and I had no, <laughs> you know, like week by week I'm like this show. It's one of those things too, because I kept expecting it to get bad. And then I was so happy that it never got bad. You know, like week by week, I'd be like, because I, I loved the first episode. I was like, wow, Night, Night Sister comes out of left field. I'm like, the fucking Regina King's now like my number one crush. I'm like, let, let, let's go. Fucking, this show's great. Second episode, it's still great. Third episode, oh my God, it's still great. It's, every episode's great. What's happening? <laughs> There's no way to wrap it up. They do an entire episode that's like a flashback thing. And it's all fucking shot in black and white. And it's amazing. And they, they work in a flashback episode in a kind of weird sci-fi way that I have no problem with. And it, it works perfectly within the plot. And it's, it's great. And I like everything it tackles. Um, yeah, I, I guess like the last thing, like as I was saying, like the, the reason I think I like it more than the comic book is because it's just more like the the political elements of this show and the reason that some people don't like it are things that I guess I'm more attuned with and interested in. You know, the show hits. Yeah. I feel it's like not I'm a twenty thirty years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's. Very much in that vein, it's very similar to the comic book that it deals with contemporary issues of the yeah. time. Yeah, because that's yeah. The number, that was my number. Like straight away, I start seeing after the first episode, people online like, "Oh, they've turned Watchmen into like political commentary and all this sort of shit." I was like, "Did you read the fucking comic book, you dickhead?" Like, understand if you, you're incapable of being like, "This is different politics that they're tackling," but it's still politics. I mean, the comic was very political. This is very political. It's it's very much sit, suits the, the tone of the first comic book. Um, and not only like new elements they bring in uh, like current day political type things to do with race and these sorts of things, but the way they managed to type in the, man, the way they managed to tie that story of like race into superheroes into the comic book like the way they managed to tie that all in. I was like wow, that is, that was like a clap 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 nearly every episode has has a moment at the end where i'm like that's so good that's so-. also adrian uh Veidt's whole storyline uh, fucking that's what a performance from um jeremy irons jeremy irons like uh what a phenomenal performance he's basically just doing it out there with two, two actors in a room <laughs> but where they're all playing a million versions you know clones and stuff but he's he's yeah phenomenal as well so yeah i love it. It, it i i i'm gonna reread the comic i think after the show's finished or maybe even rewatch the movie and i think that this is so good to me i love this series so much and i just want to rewatch it straight away as soon as it's done but i love it so much that i think it's going to improve the other stuff to me you know like i, f- I feel like this will elevate the, the older stuff to me it'll, it'll fit yeah. in differently but yeah it'll, it'll have elements yeah. that I, I just feel like my love for watchmen as a franchise has gone from i like watchmen it's fine to like, I love this series so much that it's going to make me more interested in Watchmen as a whole, you know? Yeah. You're like, fuck oh. Alan Moore. I don't care about his views on the creative press, how much creative ownership. I want more of this. I, honestly, I, from everything I know about Alan Moore, I feel like if he watched this, he would like it. He's just fucking stubborn. Yeah. Also, Doomsday Clock, get out of here. The comic book or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still reading that. This I, is the true yeah. success. Yeah. I've, Has I've, it finished? I've... I've 
No, one issue left, and it doesn't hold a candle to this, obviously. I mean, I even read that before Watchmen comic book series I did a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's the one that, I want to go back and read, because I want to see if it fits in it don't with think the certain it does. character, no. No, it, it, does, it doesn't with that certain character at all. And what okay. they've done with all those characters before Watchmen, the Minutemen, certain characters yeah. in this is way better than anything they did in that comic book. This is like head and shoulders about anything they've done since the original Watchmen, yeah. What a show. HBO it. has hit it out of the park once again. They have. I mean, yeah. Chernobyl Great, in this. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Some other things. Uh, look forward to our spoiler review discussion of Watchmen, I guess. Because it sounds like Dylan wants to get some more thoughts off his chest at some point. I, I really wish I'd been doing something weekly. Because I could have talked about it for 10 hours on a weekly by week basis. But We can do a rewatch. <laughs> I, didn't, I, did, uh, I didn't know it was going to be that good. <laughs> uh, well, my number one show of 2019 is Fleabag Season 2. <laughs> done everything and you've even do you want to have sex no and you feel great and even though your sister still hates you thank you you're pretending to be friends because your dad is i'm joking he's just there here's to love So why do you think your father suggested you come for counselling? Because I spent most of my adult life using sex to deflect from the screaming void inside my empty heart. I'm good at this. You close with your family? Is that fair? Yes, but it's okay because it had a stroke. Lovely. (laughs) We get on with it. Hi. Thought you'd be in prison by now. Oh, well, keep trying, but they just won't have me. (laughs) You look uh, strong. Oh, Oh, my God! God! Are you? Oh, I'm a pretty normal person. What makes you a normal person? Well, I don't believe in God. I love it when he does that. Um, it is a show that I find myself constantly going back to and rewatching episodes. Uh, I think it is one of the easily the best written written show um, this year, or at least the best one in thirty minutes or less. Um, Phoebe Waller Bridge is like the creative genius i think she's just it season one of fleabag was really good but it, i feel like it relied a fair bit on shock factor and this this person being like a sexually positive person and that kind of thing season two is not relying on that so much it's so much heart and honesty and it sort of religious elements added to the show uh even just in the score like you you feel that him music being added to the score to fill in with the setting of being falling in love with the priest which uh that is an issue because they're supposed to be not having sex. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> supposed to, supposed to. And, th- and there's, there's, there's a great gag of early in the season about that. Um, but uh, yeah, I just love this show. Uh, there's such great monologues and pieces of dialogue that I've written down and gone just reading makes me feel good. Um, yeah. I, I, Andrew Scott. Great in the show. Completely different to the other characters you've probably seen him play, or his main four. Oh. Yeah, very slightly different to Moriarty. <laughs> um, yeah, great show. I, if you really want to dive in in season two and check it out because it is worth watching. But you know, it's only two seasons though, it, isn't it? It's only two seasons. There are only six episodes. Six, six episodes each season, half hour. It's not that much of a time investment. Yeah, I mean the uh, second but, the second season was the last one. Like they're not doing another one, are they? She said she's not going to do another one unless it's like 20 years in the future. Okay. Yeah. So, Fleabag. So, that's our top 10 films. Uh, no, top 10 TV shows of 2019. <laughs> yeah. uh, let us know what your, were your t- 10 shows of 2019. 
at Explosion Pod on Twitter. Is there any uh, surprises that anyone's list that they're like, oh, this person surely would have had that, but no, Mm, not really. (laughs) Just thinking then. What 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 shows did you wish you watched this year? For me, I wish I'd seen Chernobyl. Obviously, I wish I hadn't seen Game of Thrones. Uh, my, my number one wish, I think, at the moment would be I wish I'd got found the time to get through the succession. Because obviously I talked yeah. about how much I really enjoyed watching that when we did it for the Emmys episode, but then I just haven't had a chance to go back to it. So if I had to pick one show, that would that would probably be it, succession. Yeah. Also, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I wish I'd gotten season three in, but... It's it drops just, literally it drops a week ago. Sixth of December. It's like it, yeah. it's very hard to fit it in. Um, I did start watching Looking for Alaska. I got like an episode and a half in, and then I got sidetracked by other content we needed to make. But I, I think I'm going to go back and catch up on that as well. I'm so, glad you at least are enjoying that much. Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's get into what do we end up watching, Dylan? What do we end up watching? Ho, 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 it's Nightmare Before Ho, I mean Christmas. <laughs> Welcome to an extraordinary world filled with magic and wonder. Open your mind and let yourself go to a place where every day is Halloween and every night Jack Skellington... I am- Dreams of something different. What is this? It's someplace new. Jack, look out! What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This is there. What is this? Haven't you heard of peace on earth and goodwill toward men? Yes, the 1993 film directed by Henry Selick, uh, featuring the voices of Chris Sarandon, Catherine O'Hara, William Hickey, Ken Page, Paul Rubens, Glenn Shattuck, and Ed Ivory, Jack Skellington, King of Halloween Town, discovers Christmastown, but his attempts to bring Christmas to his home causes confusion. Um, I think we sort of collectively agreed to kind of do this one. Nick had never seen this film before. I have watched the start of this movie several times, uh, but then my little brother who would be watching at the same time would drop off and then would never finish it. So, um, Dylan- I've probably seen it 20 times. You've seen this- 30 times. You've never- Yeah, I've seen it. I've yeah. seen it, but like- So I like it. Forever. So, <laughs> it's just, so it's- you like it. Why it's do you like a, it? It's just, I, I think, because <laughs> I watched it when I was like grade seven, um, first time. I just think it had, like it has a magical quality- to it then i don't know if it'll have magical quality to kids these days but it's like when when i watched it back then it was like everything everything about it like impressed me and just seemed magical like the stop motion of it all the songs the characters um the world like the whole idea of i i I also think like you know just like combining halloween with christmas which are kind of antithetical a bit because like one's like dark and brooding and other one's like very colorful and cheery so i think that was like an interesting element all of the songs are great um I also think it's just easily rewatchable because it's only like an hour 20 or whatever it is. 
Uh, it doesn't have the, this drag along for too long where you, you can't be like, oh, I can't be bothered watching that. So, um, it's just a lot of fun. I, it, people have arguments over whether it's a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie. I think it's undoubtedly a Christmas movie. I don't really think it's up for debate, but um, yeah, I, I guess one of the reasons I'd watch it so much is because uh, then as I progressed through high school, I eventually got a girlfriend who liked it so much as well. So then that was like a connecting factor and we both would watch the movie quite a bit. So you forced me to watch... No, it's fine. Um, they- <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, it's, it's a really, really fun movie. And then uh, to tie it into gaming somewhat, then uh, when I played Kingdom Hearts 1 in high school as well, they have a Nightmare Before Christmas land in that, which was my favorite level of that game as well because it had Sora, Goofy, and Donald all dress up in like the best costumes when they entered that world and you got to interact with Jack Skeleton and the boss fight at the end of that was Oogie Boogie and uh, that was all great stuff. So I, I feel like my high school years, I had a lot of nightmare before christmas related things happening in it cool nick what did you think of a nightmare before christmas meh uh i mean te- on a technical level it was very impressive with the stop motion the songs were catchy but the story of it i just couldn't get into like jack skeleton is a shit person like he fucking <laughs> invades christmas and decides to steal it for himself fucking kidnap fucking Santa Claus and try and take in everything for himself. Like, there's, I don't think there's anything redeeming well, about him as a character. It's not a very... It's, it's not a very heartwarming movie either. Like, it, yeah, I just couldn't get into it. Okay. Admittedly, you're a, you're a it, bit of an animated film hater, so... Uh, <laughs> do you want to rebut that? Well... I don't hate it because it's animated. I hate it because it's not a very good movie. Uh, it's certainly not magical for a 29-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably in the middle. I, I enjoy it, but I don't think it's like a fantastic film. I, I think it gets weaker as the film goes on. I think it has a really enjoy... All the good stuff is at the start of the this film, I feel like. like. This is Halloween. Yeah, all the... the that and uh, what's yeah, this? My like one. my two favorite that's songs my out of the film. What is this? And they're like in the first half, and then it's like nothing quite lives up to that. Um, again, I I think I saw it first in Kingdom Hearts, which uh, before I actually saw the film. So that Dang. that I enjoy that part of it, uh, fighting Oogie Boogie and that kind of thing. I don't understand why Oogie Boogie has this gambling thing. What is Oogie Boogie? Yeah. The- why, he why shows up he... in like the last twenty minutes of the movie. No, he's, he's at the he's at the start. He's, he's super Pay, watch opening for credits, uh, opening sequence again. He's yeah, in the he's moon. in the moon. Yeah, but yeah, it, why why is he separate? Everybody he's a bad boy. Else? I don't know. Why is he love gambling? He's a bad boy. Why does he yeah, love? But gambling? it's Halloween. No. They're all bad. No. He's no uh, worse than Jack just, Skellington. Uh, he's just he doesn't understand. He, he just, doesn't know. You know, he's innocent. He's he doesn't think things fully through. He's not a bad guy. He's misguided. Yeah. He doesn't realize what he's doing is wrong. You know? Oh, okay. Well, so that holds like, up. In, in this, in this <laughs> <Right>. Disney animated <laughs> movie, it does. Uh, in different real world scenarios, it probably doesn't. Well, well, <laughs> I mean. And what's Tim Burton's connection to this? He uh, wrote the story and uh, created, I think, character designs and that kind of stuff. Right. So yeah. that's why his name's on it. 
Uh, and you can tell it's a Tim Burton related thing. It looks very Tim Burtonish. Also, um, I think we can all. I think the real villain of this film is uh, Doctor Finkelstein, who's uh, keeping Sally trapped in a room and constantly is treating her like his property. Well, I mean, <laughs> but like, yeah. I guess he did make her. <laughs> What's the rules there? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you make your child, but you don't treat, keep them like property. And well, I guess you do to a certain degree. <laughs> She's an adult. I don't adult know. Maybe I don't she was know. only born a week before there? the movie starts. I don't know. Maybe. I can't believe. No. 50 years old, though. Also, it's, yeah. it's worth pointing out that the, the scene um, voices are different for everyone. And Danny Elfman does the Jack voice. Yeah. Voice of Jack. Yeah. So. Which is surprising. I don't recall seeing Danny Elfman yeah. sing he, anything. He does in else, like a couple of songs from <laughs> movies and these things, but everyone thinks of Danny, Elf- Delf- Danny Elfman from, I guess, making like Batman or like Tim Burton scores and composing, composing stuff. But stuff. yeah, in this, he's the singing voice as well. It's crazy. But yeah, I, I enjoy it. I think that, yeah, like I said, the start of the film is so good, especially that opening with just introducing all the different characters and setting up the world. And um, I think. Jack Skellington's got a cool design, and that's why he's on every single piece of merchandise still 20-something years later, and people 30 years later. Yeah, I don't know how many people, people have seen the it. movie, or so. if, like, it's one of those things where the property is surpassed. It's just a merchandise thing these days, and people, like, I feel like sometimes I'd be like, do you know that's a movie? Oh, is it? You know, like, it might be one of those things where it's, like, kind of surpass. It could just, people just think yep. it looks like a cool Halloween Thing, I guess because I because I see heaps of Hello uh, this uh, Nightmare Before Christmas merchandise, but I don't walk into a DVD store and see lots of copies of Nightmare Before Christmas hanging around. You know, out over the no. balances. So, so Nick, weigh in finally. Is this a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie? Halloween. You're just trying to be. Nah, it's appropriating Christmas. <laughs> Uh no, it's a Christmas movie to me. I feel like it's set at Christmas. They're, they're, it, you know, and Santa ends up saving the day, so you know, he makes everybody happy. I don't know why. Spoilers: Jack and Sally suddenly fall in love right at the end of the film. When well, Jack she, she's not no set at Christmas though. Part of the movie's Christmas, but the other part's Halloween. No, 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 no. no. The movie, yeah, because the movie the starts movie, when Halloween it. finishes. Yeah, the movie yeah. literally starts as Halloween finishes, so it's like that's a whole month and a bit before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, the build up. So it's set at Christmas. The fucking Santa Claus movies take place over a year. <laughs> <sighs> All right, uh, that'll bring us to the end of this episode of What Do You Want to Watch, uh, Nick? Where can people still find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Tracked at Lord Empire. Also on Twitter, and Nick, D- uh, Dylan, where can people find you on the internet? I just want to point out quickly that the other choice we had for this movie was Die Hard. We ended up watching Nightmare Before Christmas, and I would love an alternative universe where Nick's sitting here arguing that Die Hard <laughs> isn't a Christmas movie. He would be like, Die Hard's a Christmas movie? What are you talking about? And then you know, it's going on, it's just ultimate ends and stick here. Uh, you can find me on all places on the internet, at VivaDil, V-I-V-A-L-A-D-I-L. Yep, you can find me at those places, Ashley Hobley, A-S-H-L-E-Y-H-O-B-L-E-Y. You can follow the Explosion Network, which is a part of at ExplosionPod on Twitter. You can go to YouTube.com, check out all our video contents, including our top five and top ten videos, which will be out on YouTube, and all our articles, which will be over at ExplosionNetwork.com this week, celebrating the best in TV for 2019. 
Uh, if you want to talk to us about it, you can go over to our Discord at Discord at explosionnetwork.com slash discord send us an email at mail at explosionnetwork.com and if you want to help us out leave us a review either on apple podcasts or on podchaser or leave us a review on twitter send us something nice uh or tell a friend about (laughs) tell a friend about the show tell them that they need to listen to our top 10 shows of 2019 thank you very much for listening until next time keep watching stuff i guess Every Saturday, catch Arcade Couch Ashley and others when you listen to a brand new episode of Arcade Couch, the Explosion Network's variety video game podcast. Sit back, relax on the couch to chill with your friends and hear about the latest industry news, as well as our opinions on the latest releases and what we've been playing. Just search your podcasting app for Arcade Couch and subscribe for free now. Hashtag physical media forever. Hashtag physical media 2038. Hashtag cuties. Was this the last episode of the year? Yes, technically. Happy New Year. <laughs> See you in 2020. See you next Die decade. Hard's set in, Die Hard's set in Christmas, but it's not a Christmas Oh, movie. my fucking God.